You're listening to The Jazz Session with Jason Crane. Since 2007, the original jazz interview podcast. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. This is episode 630 for October 18th, 2023. I'm happy to say that for the second year in a row, this episode is sponsored by the TD James Moody Jazz Festival at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. The festival runs from November 3rd through 19th and features a who's who of talent from the jazz world and beyond. Performers include Dee Dee Bridgewater with Bill Charlap, Take Six, Abdullah Ibrahim, Gladys Knight, Dave Grusin, Cyrus Chestnut, Steve Teray, Christian McBride with Savion Glover, and many more. Tickets and a full schedule of performances are available at njpac.org. On this episode, you'll hear interviews with four performers from the TD James Moody Jazz Festival, Abdullah Ibrahim, Bill Charlap, Claude McKnight from Take Six, and Dave Grusin. Let's kick things off with some music from Abdullah Ibrahim. The Abdullah Ibrahim Trio is playing at the James Moody Jazz Festival on Sunday, November 12th, and it is my extreme pleasure to welcome Abdullah Ibrahim to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Well, well, thank you, and thank you for your listeners and viewers. Thank you so much. I wanted to ask you about one of my favorite parts of your playing, which is your relationship with space. When I listen to you play, and obviously your, your music covers an incredible range of genres and moods and sizes of ensembles and all those things so i don't mean to boil it down to one thing but one thing that i really do like is when i listen to you it's like the it's like the audio equivalent of watching someone on a tightrope between two skyscrapers there's there are just all these spaces where you're i'm so on the edge of my seat waiting to see what comes next even between notes sometimes and so i just wanted to ask about your relationship with space and whether that's something that's evolved throughout your career and anything you'd like to say about it Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, mm, I think it has to do with uh, with breath, mm. because uh, in order to say something, in order to speak, you must fill your lungs with air. You must breathe, yeah? and then you have the statement, whatever it is that you're saying. Then you have to breathe again. Yeah. So that is the basic principle of breath. But we all have our own personal uh, rhythm of breathing. Yeah. And perhaps I think that natural uh, rhythm of breath, sometimes it's curtailed when you try to play uh, someone else's music. 
because that is not your, the way that you breathe. So for me, basically, 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 that is that is my concept, and I don't I don't think about it. When you play with other musicians, are you looking for people whose own natural rhythm of breath is either the same or complementary to yours, or or am I overthinking things? The musicians uh, playing uh, playing with me, and those that have been through the years, I always try to find the, the best musicians that I can that I can learn from, <laughs> and not the other way around. Uh, so if I have a com- composition, hardly write down the music. And when we have a rehearsal, everybody tunes up, and then I just go to the piano and I start playing my new composition, and then uh, the bass player will pick it up. The saxophone player would not be interested. (laughs) 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 Uh, So then I can find, okay, you take the lead and, 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 you know, and then transfer, trying to transfer this information. In some respects, it's got nothing really to do with playing music. It's just having, just having a conversation. When you play in this jazz festival, you'll be playing in a trio setting. Do you know already who will be with you at that show? Yeah, I have a, uh, I have a Cleve Guyton on uh, flute, piccolo, and saxophone. And Cleve has been, uh, we've been together now for over what, 50 years. And uh, he's also a, uh, a journeyman musician with with Ellington, Ellington with Count Basie with a Lionel Hampton band, and was very well versed in in the in in the tradition on bass and cello. Noah Jackson is younger generation. He's been with us now for about four or five years. You know, stayed out of college. He's first. One of his first uh, runs uh, playing music was uh, outside of uh, academy was with us, and so he has he comes from that, that classical background, but he is also steeped in the tradition, and so the idea is uh, I chose this concept of of the trio, and this time without drums, and specifically coming back to your first question. The idea of space, and so we don't we don't necessarily have to be have to be locked into a to a continuous uh, beat from from the drummer because our, our heartbeat sets the sets the rhythm. And will this ensemble be playing primarily or exclusively your compositions? My compositions, but also Ellington, Ellington Monk. Oh, yeah. Ellington and Monk, yeah. It's pretty incredible that the band includes, well, you, first of all, obviously, whose career spans quite a lot of time, but also someone in their 20s and someone who was in the Ellington and Basie bands. It's it's wild that in 2023, it's still possible to have someone who was in those ensembles play music. It's it, this, this tradition is pretty incredible sometimes when you step back and think about it for a moment. Yeah, well, this is uh, the nature of... Uh... Passing on the, the, the to the tradition, 
basically in our tradition, the African tradition is passed on in, a, in family. <laughs> so if you want to hear traditional music in, in, in Africa, you have to go to the family. And it's embedded in the family. So, and that's why the, the, the band itself, I call the band Ekaya, which, uh, which means home. And with the, with this new, uh, concept, I call it the three. Just the concept of three. The trio. The concept of three, because the basic concept of three is, is, is quite, how would I put it? It is a, it is an iconic, uh, concept that resonates, uh, with all traditions everywhere in the world, the concept of three. Yeah, it seems to be woven throughout mythology and religion and arts and just exactly. yeah, appear everywhere. Yeah. Well, the show is Sunday, November 12th, as part of the James Moody Jazz Festival. My guest on this special episode has been Abdullah Ibrahim. Uh, what an honor to uh, talk to you even briefly. Thank you so much for taking the time to do You're it. Welcome, Thank you so much. And you're listening. Thank I never went in for afterglow Candle lights on the mistletoe But now when you turn the lamp down low Honey, I see the light I used to ramble through the park Shadow boxing in the dark Then you came and you caused a spark That's a four alarm fire now Bill Sharlap and Dee Dee Bridgewater are performing on Friday, November 3rd as part of the James Moody Jazz Festival. Bill joins me now. Thanks so much for being here. I'm delighted to be here with you. On last year's preview episode, we had Dee Dee on the show, so I feel like we're kind of completing a set tonight, which is lovely. And you two have such a fabulous rapport as performers together. And I just maybe wanted to go back to when you discovered that was true. Well, it was Dee Dee's idea that we get together and play together. And further, it was her idea that we do it as a duo. Well, the first time we played together was in 2019, right before the pandemic. Chemistry, it just happened immediately, absolutely immediately. And it has only grown and become more comfortable. But no less extemporaneous and no less risk-taking. Well, tell me about that. How do you decide what you're going to play? And then since there's just two of you, how do you work out the arrangements? Or even do you work out the arrangements? Or is that happening on stage as we watch? Well, some things have developed over a little bit of time as we've played a number of engagements together. But it's as extemporaneous as possible. We choose pieces that we both love to play obviously that we're both clear on there are lyrics there stories to tell various different moods and feelings composers things like that but essentially we choose things that we like and we get into it by listening to each other and letting the arrangement itself evolve organically and it could change on a dime and it's not just well the traditional accompanying of vocals. In fact, 
Sometimes Didi's accompanying me. She might be doing something rhythmic. I might be improvising over that. We're having a constant conversation, and it really is 50-50. It's a duo all the way. You kind of preempted the thing I was going to ask you about, which is that Didi is such a wealth of different kinds of sounds and approaches to singing that exactly what you just described can happen. Uh, many people would think, well, you know, Bill's role is to is to comp and play chords, but you're certainly not limited to that in any way throughout the night. Well, the thing is, Dee Dee Bridgewater is a force in music. She is, of course, a great singer, a great vocalist, but she is also a great storyteller. And she is a brilliant dramatist and a great actor. And all of those things, that theatricality, that ability to tell a story, and her exquisite musical instincts and experience and knowledge all come together to make a very unique partner. And I feel sort of the same way. I care about the song, what the song means, the lyrics of the song, where it's coming from what it means to me personally and to us personally, all of those things are happening at once. But more than anything, we're doing the most important thing that any musician can do, and particularly an improvising jazz musician can do, which is we listen. We're listening to each other. We're listening to the space around us, and we're listening to the story that's being told. Sometimes the story that's being told can have many layers. It's not just one thing. It might be something under the surface. It might be exactly what we're saying. It might be ironic. It might be literal. Could be all of those things at once. There's plenty of humor and plenty of depth. And all of it seems to balance out in a wonderful way because we have wonderful chemistry as people who care about each other and want the best for each other while we're performing and while we're trying to create something together. It's not about one or the other, but about what we're doing together. Bill, you used the word story quite a few times, and that really does seem central to the kind of performing you two do together. Well, and I'd go so far as to say the kind of performing you each do in other contexts, where both the story of the song, but also the story you are weaving as performers really takes center stage, it feels like to me when I listen to you play. Well, I have to tell you, when we were playing at Catalina's in Los Angeles, oh, about a year and a half ago, Alan Bergman, the great lyricist, the partner of, of course, Marilyn Bergman, and a man who I've known well ever since I was, I think, six years old, one of my best friends and a giant of song and lyric writing. He came and heard us together, and he had never heard Didi live before. And he was knocked out of his seat. And the first thing that he said to me is, he said, she is a storyteller. She is the storyteller. And that's coming from Alan Bergman, who knows a little something about telling a story with words and music. That's Bill Sharlap. He and Dee Dee Bridgewater are playing a duo show on Friday, November 3rd. Bill, it's been such a joy to talk to you. Thanks for taking a few minutes to tell us about the show. Thank you. I should also tell you that Moody, 
was a wonderful friend to me. I was so lucky to get to know James Moody through my wife, Rini Rosnes, who was a member of his group for, oh, you know, a very long time. I mean, over 20 years. And Moody was just a magnificent human being. He had the wisdom of a sage and the spirit of a child all at the same time. And what a giant of an improvising musician he was, one of the focal figures of this music, such a historical and important figure, but such a fantastic human being who really just embraced life, the people around him, and the joy of being a musician. I don't know how much more any of us could hope for than to be remembered the way you've just remembered James Moody. Thank you so much for that, Bill Charlotte, and thank you again for your time. My pleasure. Gotta make this quick. Gotta make it stick. Better begin, so listen up, won't you give it here to hear my hip communicate so much to say, so little time, fine, so I'm taking this alone, only got about a minute, I ain't apropos, not too many seconds in it, and I'm just fair, I got to wait, so I'm on the way, right, let's make this a way, you'll have a story, it does, oh, it was a little time, it's best to chat, there's so much to say, so little, if you can be a kid, if a dog will be prevented, if a kid forget, please just try, the rules are exempted, but it is redemptive, a formula for richer lives, so much to say, so little time, Take Six is playing at the James Moody Jazz Festival on November 11th, and I am so excited to welcome Claude McKnight, founding member of Take Six, to the jazz session. Claude, so great to have you. It's my pleasure to be here. Uh, let me just start in a place that I, I'm sure is well-trod ground for you, but the band has been together now, the group has been together now for 46 years, 46, 43 years, which is an incredible amount of time, not only to be creating music, but just to be around people. And so I'm I'm just curious what thoughts you have about what is the, the cause of the longevity of Take Six? So for us, it's pretty simple. We get asked that all the time and and we don't really think about it, but I think because I know a lot of other groups that are together. I think one of the big differences for us is that we actually like each other. So again, you know, in liking each other, that doesn't mean that we don't have issues or we don't have problems. We make sure we work through them because there is a healthy dose of respect underneath everything for us. One thing that comes up again and again on this show over the last 16 years is how many people who are now in the world of improvised music started out in the church. And Take Six has always blended these lines of improvising gospel jazz canon when you first started out did that seem like a natural set of worlds to straddle so the funny thing is we've never really looked at it as as straddling you know we are who we are and we're church boys that's what we grew up as being so the music has always just come out of who, who it is that we are. We like jazz music. We like R&B. We like gospel. We like all of those things. So as a group, we just do what feels natural. And we let everybody else decide if it's straddling or whatever. So we don't set out to do anything in particular except scratch the creative itch and the spiritual itch that, that comes into our collective being. You've essentially answered the first two questions I've asked you with, yeah, these are not ways we conceptualize our band. So let, let me ask you a question, which is, how do you see Take Six? Where do you see yourselves in the in the musical landscape? So that's a great question um, because, and I say it's a great question because we're actually going through that right now, trying to 
kind of reevaluate as a group who we are. You know, we've been together a long time and I think you, you cruise along and, you know, sometimes you have to just sit back and say, who are we? What is it that we're setting out to be and to do? And I think underneath it all, we are guys who just really, really enjoy being a vocal group in whatever that means, you know? And again, when I say that we, we're an outpouring of who we are, so that means there are spiritual songs, there are spiritual underpinnings of what we do. That doesn't mean we always sing gospel music necessarily, but we try to sing something that has positive influence people. And I think that that is who we are. We are a vocal group that wants to just uplift people and literally spread love. As you're thinking about who you are, is that an explicit conversation that you're having in the group? Is it is it as explicit as, you know, who do we want to be in this next era of Take Six going forward? It is actually, yeah, it is absolutely an explicit conversation that we're having. Um, because I think what happens is, and you don't realize it, is when there's six entities in a group and they're all very strong in their personalities and they're in their creat- creativity, you can find yourself being kind of buffeted all over the place, you know, depending on what the winds are, are, are telling you to do or to be or whatever. And then you have management coming in, you have record companies and, and all of that. So I think you have to moor yourself at times and, and really talk amongst yourselves and be honest with each other to say, where do we want to go? What are we comfortable with? What are we uncomfortable with? And decide as a group how to move forward. And I think that Every group should do that more often than not. And I think that this many years in, we've done it plenty of times, but I think we haven't done it enough recently. And I think that's why we're at that point now where it's like, hey, hey, let's sit down and really figure some things out. When y'all are at the James Moody Jazz Festival on November 11th, you'll be joined by Hillary Marie. Can you give us any kind of picture of what we can expect at that show? Well, from what I understand, you know, she's going to come into our set and dance to some of our songs so and i think she has six songs that she has prepared and so i just need to decide as the person who's doing the set list which four of those six she's going to do so we're going to have to figure out how to sing and not have our attention (laughs) taken away from (laughs) what we're doing and and, but it should be an amazing time Uh, this is something that's going to be very different for us so hopefully the audience will have uh, an amazing uh, entertaining time and finally, as we wrap up, I've been lucky enough to see you live. And it's such a, at least from my end as an audience member, an energy exchange with the group. And I feel like in some ways it's it's a really visceral exchange because you're all singing. Like it it feels like something we could do when we watch, even though we know, you know, we actually probably can, but it still feels like something we could do. And it it feels kind of like empowering and inclusive in a way. I'm curious from your side of the equation, what it feels like for you. So you're absolutely right. I think we want it to be a visceral experience for the audience. We also always want it to be a visceral experience for us because we feed off the energy of the audience. And I think that's the great thing about a vocal group and specifically an acapella group is I think that exchange of energy really lifts the performance and I think it lifts the entire experience. So that's something that from the very beginning of our career, we've always set out to do and to always make sure it happens. It doesn't always happen. But we try to mitigate that and try to make sure we always have fun on, on stage. Because when we can do that, I think that translates and transfers to the audience as well. 
That's Claude McKnight, one of the founding members of what I'm going to say is the premier acapella group in our land. And uh, you can send your disputes to Jason at thejazzsession.com. But that's Take Six, who are performing November 11th as part of the James Mooney Jazz Festival. It's been such a pleasure for me to talk to you. Thank you for taking the time to do it, Claude. It's my pleasure as well. Thank you. My guest is Dave Grusin. Uh, Dave is performing as part of an evening of music called Dave Grusin, A Life in Music, part of the James Moody Jazz Festival on Friday, November 17th. It features a real who's who of musicians, which we'll talk about in a moment. Dave, welcome to the Jazz Session. Thank you, Jason. Thanks very much. Now, Dave, I have to tell you, this is not how I would normally start an interview, but you have had a very outsized impact on my life because when I was a kid in the 80s, my friends and I listened to the GRP Big Band records like our classmates were listening to like Van Halen records or Guns N' Roses records. We knew every note. We would sing the solos. We would sing harmonies on the horn arrangements. We would scour the liner notes for who all these people were so that we could go find their other records. And I mean, I, well, I kid you not when I say that Probably 50% of the musicians I listened to in my teenage years and early 20s, I learned about directly through your work. So, and I feel like, I, well, I know that I'm not alone because my friends were in that same boat. When I went to college, it was the same deal. We all loved those records. I kind of feel like between that and your film work, you have probably sneakily brought more people into the camp than almost anyone else I can think of. I don't know if that if that rings true with you. <laughs> well, I would love for that to be true. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that some of that stuff had that could be kind of effect you're describing. I mean, I'm delighted to hear that, and uh, particularly in the in the context of the way music has has evolved, or I don't know if that's the right terminology for <laughs> evolution. I don't mean to. Uh, I don't mean to diss evolution, but uh, it feels good to think that looking back, that some of that stuff did have that kind of effect you're describing. I, re I really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, my, my pleasure. To, to turn our focus to the show on uh, November 17th, yeah. I mentioned there's a real who's who involved in this, and it's folks like Lee Rittenauer, Will Downing, Randy Brecker, Ernie Watts, Dave Weckl, Tom Kennedy, New York Voices. Now, these people have a few things in common, one of which is almost every single one of their names I know because of you. But also, I, I feel like much in the same way as some directors have kind of a stable of actors, I feel like you, and please push back on this if it's not accurate, but I feel like you have people that you've just enjoyed working with over the years. And Patty Austin's another name I didn't just say, but who's on that show? That you you've just kind of gone back to. They're they're like part of that extended Dave Grusin family. Is that is that accurate? That's pretty pretty accurate. Well, I mean, a show like this that uh, Carl Griffin put together, and I think his idea was kind of a retrospect of my career in terms of because he was with us 
Carl was with us at GRP Records. So he he knows, he goes back, not quite as far as I do, but he knows all of the same names. And that's where, that's where you know, all of these performers that are going to be on this particular show, we first had first had contact with them when you mentioned will downing and and uh, patty of course patty austin who's like my goddaughter <laughs> and i've known patty since she was eight years old wow and her mom and her dad as well but but she was kind of the uh kind of the best best friend in those days quincy jones daughter jolie and I first met Patty in Paris. I was over there doing something with Quincy and, and, and the kid, these little two little girls are running around the tables in a cafe, you know. And so I had, I had the uh, history, I guess, of watching her grow up, grow up, you know, like from, from a little kid all through her uh, formative years as a singer and, and then certainly as an unbelievable uh, uh, star in terms of the kind of singing she does. Everybody on this show, because of Carl's intention of kind of building a, building a uh, career path, I've worked with at some point during during their careers, and uh, and it's like a little, you know, in a sense, it's a reunion. So I'm I'm happy to do it that way, and I'm at an age now where my memory is here and there, sometimes sometimes mostly there. <laughs> it's not here, <laughs> but but to get reminded of 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 these things from the past, it's uh, oh yeah, I remember that tune. I remember those songs, and uh, it, it's like relearning stuff that you liked in the old days, and you and you you're still uh, you still like them, and then you can then you can do a little an analysis and find out why what turned you on about that particular uh, that particular song or that particular mu musical phrase or whatever and that's that's kind of fun it's like relearning stuff that you that you liked in the past so i'm uh, i'm grateful for that and just one more question dave as we are looking ahead to this show are we going to be hearing a mix of stuff that was originally jazz recordings plus film recordings arranged for these folks that I've just mentioned is that is that the general idea you know not not going to be a lot of uh, new arrangements we 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 got to have there there were some early artists that we had John Lucien when Larry Rosen first decided he wanted to get into the recording business he was a he knew John he was a good friend of John's and he recorded him Maybe the first pre-GRP artist we had was John. So, so that was how, that's how Will Downing has, we got Will to just sing a couple of his tunes from those old days. And right. we got, we got, uh, Jane Monheit. We, we had an artist named Angela Bofill. Oh, yeah. Who was kind of our, kind of our first, I want to say transitional person from what I thought was jazz, because that was what we were supposed to be as a jazz label, to kind of a crossover singer. So so there were a couple of things she did that made us move into that kind of more inclusive genre of jazz music, uh, including maybe to the point where 
smooth jazz took over, but we tried to avoid that label and we tried to <laughs> try to keep the jazz element alive in those kinds of uh, examples, you know, that I'm sure. talking about. So that's the story in a, in a nutshell. And we will do, um, I did a film called uh, Fabulous Baker Boys. Of course. And uh, it had to do with uh, the Burgess brothers were the uh, stars and it had to do with the kind of music that we're talking about. So I'm hoping to get, we don't have, we don't have the whole set list put together yet for this show. I mean, you're jazz musicians and we're talking before the show, so I, right. I, I would expect nothing less. If we were doing this interview backstage a few minutes before, I'd hope you'd have it worked out. That's right. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be a little closer by then. Yeah. Well, that all sounds great. And uh, I really appre appreciate you taking the time. And and sincerely, Dave, I mean, I, I don't often get to say this to people who've had such an effect on my life, but thank you so much for all the music you introduced me to. My life is totally different because you did what you did and do what you do. So sincerely, thank you for that. Jason, that, that makes all this technology worth it. Thank you. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you. Thanks to my guests, Abdullah Ibrahim, Bill Sharlap, Claude McKnight of Take Six, and Dave Grusin. You can see all of them and many other performers at the TD James Moody Jazz Festival, running from November 3rd through 19th. For tickets and more information, visit the New Jersey Performing Arts Center website at njpac.org. Thanks also to the members who support this show and to the Respect Sextet at respectsextet.com for the theme music and Sarah Walter for the logo. Chuck Ingersoll is the voice of the intro. You can hire him at hearchucknow.com. Follow the Jazz Session on Twitter at jazzsesh, J-A-Z-Z-S-E-S-H, and on Instagram and TikTok at the Jazz Session. Take a second right now to rate and review the Jazz Session on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I've got a second podcast called A Brief Chat. It's a general interest interview show. You'll find it at abriefchat.com or wherever you get your shows. If you'd like to keep up to date on my podcast, my poetry, and more, you can subscribe to my newsletter. Just go to thejazzsession.com and click on the newsletter link. Finally, if you value what you just heard, become a member for $5 a month at thejazzsession.com slash join. Then come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Bye. Bye. Bye.